Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's word. Chapter number six, Isaiah chapter number six. I'm uh, intimidated to say the least, about today's message. I love, I love it when God puts a, a real burden in my heart and gives me time to develop in my mind uh, what I feel like that He's leading me to give you. I hear preachers say, uh, in a negative way, they say, well, I just don't like preaching. Well, I enjoy every aspect of it. I enjoy preparing I enjoy praying for the message and over the message and God directing my thoughts. Uh, and that takes time. But this week has just been such a, a busy week for me. I feel a bit unprepared. So that's why I say that I'm intimidated by today's message. I love the scripture that I'm going to read from. And I have preached around these verses for many, many years. I've often looked at Isaiah's experience that we're reading about, and I'm not going to read the first part of this chapter, but I'm going to break in at verse number 8, and we're going to read, uh, hopefully, the, the ending of this chapter throughout today's message. But I love the experience that Isaiah has. First of all, I see the human side of Isaiah. I see him as just a mere man, this witness, this, this vision that he sees of our God and how great God is. He sees God in the temple and he's high and lifted up and the, his train fills the temple and he's got angels around him. He's got uh, this awesome scene and this sight of the glory of God all around him. And I don't care how you feel. It does not matter how you feel emotionally or spiritually in your life. When If you can ever just see God in His power and His glory, with what understanding you've got in your mind, you're going to walk away <clears throat> feeling different. But this morning, I want to try to preach on the subject of trust. On the subject of trust. We all talk about this word, and there's two different angles that I want to look at this word about. About trusting God, and I hope that you can say that I trust God today if you've not been saved, I hope that you can come forward and trust the Lord as your personal Savior. And then I hope you can say this as a Christian, that I trust God with my family. If you're a preacher or a, a person in ministry or a Sunday school teacher, I hope you can say, well, I trust God with my ministry. If you're a mom and dad, can you trust God with your children? You can't. We need to have a talk because you need to be able to trust God with your family. There's places your, your people, your children, your family are going to go that you can't go and they're going to get out of the reach of your control. And you need to be able to say that I can trust God. I can believe in Him uh, with all of these important things in my life. But I want to read from Isaiah's uh, calling today. Because I feel like that sometimes, and I'm going to make myself vulnerable to you this morning, that sometimes I have a hard time letting go and just trusting. I'm a hands-on kind of 
fella. I mean, I, I, I like to be right in the middle. I'm one of those type personalities that I like to be in a routine and have control over everything that's happening around me if I, if I can. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes there's things that come up where you just have to step back and say, God, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. So Isaiah, let's begin reading in verse number one, uh, 8 rather, of, this, of this amazing chapter. And the Bible says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Now this is God posing a question, and He's giving it out in general, and somebody's listening, and it's Isaiah. He says, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And he says, Then said I, Isaiah responds now, he says, Then said I, Here am I, send me. Have you ever had that kind of experience in your life where that God spoke to you, and you knew it was God, and you said, Lord, here I am. And not only did you respond, and you lifted your hands, or you, uh, you gave Him your full attention, uh, but not only did you do that, but then you took the next step. And this is where a lot of, the, of, of Christianity and God's people are falling short. They hear the call and they say, Lord, I'm here. But they don't take the next step in trust in saying, God, now I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you. Can I, can I just say this this morning as a pastor? The reason potentially why you may not be happy, you cannot smile, your life is unfulfilled, and you feel like that you just not going anywhere for God is because you've not taken the next step in your life in answering the call of God in your life. It's not good enough to come to church Sunday in and Sunday out and just get in the routine of church and just never feel fulfilled as a Christian. For me, the sky's the limit. For you, the, the sky's the limit and the potential that we have in serving God. And I want to say this this morning for the glory of God, <clears throat> that I believe that God has called every Christian in this church to some type of ministry somehow in some way, and it's up to you to figure that out for yourself. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, <clears throat> here am I. <clears throat> Excuse me, send me. Verse number 9, this is what I want to try to show you this morning because ministry is not always easy. I love, I love the end of this chapter now more than ever because I've always been compelled to the first six verses or seven verses of this chapter. But really, the vision is not what is not really the end of the ministry for this man Isaiah. It's merely the beginning. And to me, I think that a Christian that doesn't follow through in trusting God in their lives, uh, whatever that may mean to you, whatever that is and whatever understanding you have, in the Word of God, if you just stay with the first six verses where the vision's at, you're never going to grow and you're never going to mature. I remind you that in this chapter there was a time in Isaiah's life when there was a coal that was taken off the altar and it was laid on his tongue. And there he was changed immediately by the power and the presence of God. 
But now he's fulfilling the call of God in his life. In verse number 9, and he said, Go, this is God speaking, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. What kind of ministry is that? What kind of message is that to go to a world that's going to not hear? They're not going to see? They're not going to understand what you're saying, but you've got to go anyway and preach my word. Can you trust God in a situation like that? I'm beginning to see today that there are a lot of mysteries in this world that I just simply do not understand. I cannot fathom how somebody could have the Bible given to them as a Hebrew and then be in complete blindness to the whole counsel of God's Word. And in fact, you go to the book of Matthew, you'll find that the fulfillment of the prophecy that I'm reading to you about is given to us through Jesus. He said, this generation is blind. They cannot hear. They can't see. Uh, They're in total darkness of me, but there are people that are standing here, and I'm paraphrasing now. Jesus said, there are prophets that would give anything to see this day of Jesus coming. And they saw and they witnessed Jesus, but still, their eyes were blind. And their ears were dull of hearing, and they could not feel the presence of God because they were blind. You know what scares me more than anything? And I love what I do. I love the ministry. I love it. And I'm not one of those preachers. Don't you leave here and say today that Les hates ministry. I love the ministry. I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy seeing what we witnessed last Sunday, Brother Stephen, somebody getting saved. I enjoy having river baptizings. I enjoy every aspect of it. I love working for God. But I tell you one thing that I cannot figure out is how that somebody could sit in a church and the message be preached but never hear. Never hear the message. Now, I love what Dave Scarborough taught me. Several years back, uh, he used to say, say that, Les, you get up and you preach the Word of God and you tell the people what the Bible is, but I wonder how many people really hear the Word. They read it. They read what it says, but they cannot hear what the book is actually saying. That's a dangerous place to be, and it's a mystery to me how a whole nation could be in that kind of shape. And that's what Jesus said that the nation of Israel was doing, that they were in a, in a spirit of, of lawlessness in their eyes. They could not see, they could not hear, therefore they could not perceive. And he said, you go, in verse number 9, and you tell the people, you're going to hear indeed, but you're not going to understand what I'm saying. He said, you're going to be able to see indeed, but you're not going to be able to perceive it. And I wonder if there could be somebody in this congregation that maybe for the first time in your life, you've actually heard from God. You see, it's not enough to me to just read the Bible. I love it when I can feel the Bible. By the way, for those of you that may may not read much this is the only book on the planet that you can read from that actually in turn you read it but it reads you and you'll find out that you've got more faults than you can fix 
the great big God in heaven that loves us and cares about us. Aren't you glad that he's a gracious God? But can you trust God enough in his word to say, Lord, here I am, and I can't get over this. Uh, Last Sunday when that young man was walking down the aisle, I saw him stepping out. And uh, I told one of our deacons, we just couldn't believe what had happened. That, that young visitor had come and gotten saved. And, uh, and I, when he come around the corner, he was just kind of tiptoeing. He was looking at me. He had eye contact with me. It was almost like he was unsure, can I do this? It's always right to trust the Lord. It's always right to get up and come out of the, the pew that you're sitting in and come to, and meet the Lord in this altar with whatever needs you've got. And that young boy did that last Sunday, and I've been thinking about seeing that look in his eyes when he made that corner. He didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say, but he knew there was a Savior up here. And can I just, can you trust the Lord? Can you trust the Lord? You can trust the Lord today. And I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life when God has ever let you down? Never. Never. He's always been real. He's always been clear and concise. And he'll give you exactly what you need. I'm going to show you. And I'm going to get down to the heart of the message. And he said, make the heart of this people fat. I just can't imagine that type of ministry. Make their heart fat and make their ears heavy. And he said, and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Now I want to say something here. Isaiah was not called to hurt anybody. In no way, shape, or form. These people were in the position that they were in because they had refused some years earlier to follow God. They had turned God away. They had gotten deaf ears through the hardness of their heart and through a stiff neck of just saying, God, I want this much of you, but I don't want this much of you. God, I want to come to church when it's convenient. God, I want to be religious, but I don't want to be saved. I want to be religious, but I want to get baptized and not join a church. That's happening. I get phone calls all the time from people that say, I want to get baptized. Will you baptize me? Listen to me. I'm a church man. If If I baptize you, you're going to be baptized to join the church because you need your brothers and sisters to lean on. Now look, their ears were, their ears were heavy, their eyes were dim because of sin in their life. And because of that, God allowed them to go through a great long period, and it's a mystery in the word of God of the blindness of Israel. In other words, a prophet could be standing among them. And the real truth of God could be preached, but they could not feel in their heart. Isn't that a dangerous place to be? Can you trust God today? If you don't trust God, how far away is it that your heart gets harder and harder and harder to the point that you cannot feel the presence and the power of God in your life? i got a message I feel like that God is developing in me that I'm studying about now, Brother John. I'm going to try to preach some of these days on how far away is a reprobate mind. How far away is a person in their way of thinking away from God's to the point where they become what the Bible calls a reprobate. They can't see, they can't feel, they can't hear, 
And they get so far away from God that they don't even know who they are anymore as an individual. And what scares me to death, in this generation, there are people that come to church and they sit under my preaching, under your teaching, and seemingly there is nothing that can move them. Nothing. Why, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was a young Christian, a preacher could get up and preach a five, ten-minute sermon and stomp his feet about twice, and there'd be a lot of people get saved. But now, you've really got to labor and work. And, and, uh, and it's no wonder, because Jesus said before he would come again, that there would be an, a spirit of an apostate of apostasy in the land and are we not witnessing that can you trust God today can you trust the Lord and I want to look at it now from the second angle with our families can we trust God now Isaiah is going to preach the Word of God and by the way I believe that Isaiah was what we call an open-air preacher he just preached wherever he got the opportunity out on the streets, he was preaching. He was telling the people that your heart is cold and it's indifferent. And I believe if you read and study the book of Isaiah, you'll find that Isaiah, and I believe he did this not only because it was the will of God, but he needed the encouragement himself. He would oftentimes preach and he would take the long look ahead and he would see the day of the Lord and there he would remind the people, this is where we're going, but you've got to get right with God first. He needed those encouraging times. And uh, I look at you and I see your, 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 your families and I'm so thankful for you and I pray for you. But can you trust God with what He's given you to minister with? What does trusting God look like? Well, it looks a lot like this. It means being faithful to the house of God. It's a sign in someone's life when they're a part-time Christian to the house of God, that something is missing inside of them. There ought to be a hunger and a desire. And I know that from time to time you may not be able to make it. And if there's anybody that understands that, I do. But trust looks like this. Number one, you're coming to the house of God every chance you can. And there is nothing more important than getting the gospel and the seeds planted into the hearts of our children whenever we can, however we can. And that means bringing them to the house of God. I'm going to lose about half of you right here, but I mean this. There is no sport more important than the salvation Amen. of the souls of your children. Nothing. No race car race. There is nothing. No horseback riding. No kind of venture out in the world worth more than getting your children saved and in the house of God. And listen, listen, I'm not mad and I'm not upset, but I'm telling you the truth. It would break my heart on judgment day to be standing there. And there comes your family as we're standing there as a church being judged together. And your sons, your daughters walk by me and they walk by you and they say, we did not we did not get them into the kingdom of heaven because a ball game was more important than them being saved. I had somebody tell me this here a while back, and I agree with it. I believe that this new day of, of, uh, of, of ball and things like that and hunting and fishing, I like what an old preacher told me here a while back. He says, well, Preacher, I go to pray out in my deer stand. 
Well, bless your heart, why didn't God give us all a deer stand there? By the way, I could shoot a deer off my porch and have enough food put up for about the winter. I mean, why didn't God give us all a deer stand to go sit out in the woods? I'm telling you the truth. Our priorities are wrong. And I'm not saying it's a sin to go hunt and fish and play sports and go to the race. And do, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is, can you trust God this morning uh, with your family to the point where, the, uh, where the, you, you can look at the world and say, uh, say, well, I don't have to fit in with a, with a click of the world to be, to, for my kids to be on that, that traveling team. or all, I don't have to do all that to be right. I want to be right with God. I want to be right with God. This is what the Bible says. He says, their, their hearts are going to be fat and their eyes and their ears are going to be heavy. They're not going to be able to see or feel. And he said, he said, he said I would turn their hearts and convert them and heal them. But I can't because they don't want what I offer. And I'm saying to everybody in this church, be careful. Make God the number one priority in your life. Can you trust God with your family? You can. You can trust God with your family. You can trust God with your business. You can trust God uh, with, uh, uh, with, with your relationships of, of brothers and sisters. And there'll be things that come up in these dark days that you and I live in where people are never going to see things eye to eye. But you can trust God with those situations if you'll take the Bible steps to make things right with God. And then Isaiah asked a question to God while God's speaking to him that is very reasonable, I think. He says, then Lord, how long? How long am I going to have to do this? And by the way, just so you know, it was about a 600-year period that it would be before John the Baptist would come. John the Baptist would come and he would shake the nation of Israel, waking them to the Savior that was coming was now here and the fulfillment of prophecies, so many biblical prophecies here when, when, when this was prophesied by Isaiah would be fulfilled in Jesus' day. And now Jesus is standing there and they still can't see or hear or feel the presence and the power of God. I'll tell you one thing I am so thankful for. Let me backtrack for just a minute. I am so thankful. But I grew up under a generation of people that knew the real presence and power of God in their life. Unashamed. I mean, I, I'm so thankful that I had a generation behind me that when we sung those old hymns, that they were not ashamed to raise their hands and say, Lord, I just want to thank you that I'm a child of God. How many of you remember those older men that would Come in a lot of times with their overalls on and those white shirts. They'd hang their hat on a nail. They're in the back of the church and they'd set their family down in the church. And they wasn't nobody cutting up while they were coming to the house of God. Those little children, they'd call on a daddy to sing. They'd come march up to the piano and the daddy'd have his whole family there beside him and they'd sing. They'd call out a song and they'd sing together and lead the whole congregation in worship. I'm proud of that. What about you this morning? Can you trust God with everything in your life? How long, Lord? 
And he said, and this is the, this is the doomsday message that Isaiah had to preach. He says, until the cities be wasted without inhabitants. In other words, let me put it in layman's terms, until everybody's dead and gone, you preach. He said, the cities will be wasted without inhabitants, and the houses without man, and the land's going to be utterly desolate. And there's a famine in Isaiah's day. And it wasn't a famine of people, but it was a famine of hearing the word of God. But literally, the prophecy that God has given Isaiah literally happened. The whole nation of Israel was scattered from pillar to post, so to speak. The land was laid desolate. But yet in that land, there was a tenth left. And this was the only group of people that was going to hear and listen. And I say something to you this morning that's going to... I love the country church. I love what we stand for and represent. And by the way, the Apostle Paul never pastored a mega church. I know. I know you're going to think I'm being harsh and rude, but I'm not. Apostle Paul never pastored a mega church, nor did Peter, nor did James. They preached to the local assembly. I believe before the Lord comes, this falling away that we're seeing and witnessing, uh, people that were once on fire can the fire just out just like that. The spirit of apostasy is setting. And it's getting harder and harder to keep people to follow through with what they say. They're going to do. But now watch this. God says there's going to be a tenth. There's going to be a small remnant. And these are the people that's going to listen. They're going to follow through with what you say. They're going to keep up the work. They're going to, they're going to keep praying. They're going to be faithful. They're going to love me no matter what. And they're going to follow and be the example for the rest of the nation of Israel. And I want to ask you this morning. Can you trust God with your church? We're experiencing things that is divine from God that I can't, I can't explain to you. I was talking to some of the ladies coming in this morning about a, a new ministry that I think would go over really well in touching young families in this church. Can I say there's never been a day when church is more important than it is now? Never. I know people, pastors right now that I talk to say, Preacher, we, we just don't have anybody coming. Nobody's coming. Well, be faithful to what you've got. That's what I tell them. Be faithful to what you've got. And I said, there's more people coming that you're going to be willing to give an account for. Be faithful with what you have. And be wise with what you've got. And preach the Word of God. And share with them the word of God. And love them. And be what you, what you say you are. And trust God through it all no matter what. Can you trust God today? And here's what I want to do today. I want to close with this thought. Miss Stacy, can you come? Zach, will you come, buddy? And we're going to have an, an invitation. You know, we, we all can say, yes, I trust God or I can trust Him, that I believe in Him, that He's going to help me through everything that I've got going on in my life. He's going to help me. 
We all can say that confidently today. And I've looked at it from two angles, but I'm going to give you a third angle this morning. Can God trust you? Can God trust you to get up and answer the call that he's given you in your life? I often say this, especially in tent ministries and revivals wherever I go. Can you, can you get up and trust God enough to walk down an aisle for him and come to him and say, Lord, here I am. I've felt your presence. I've heard your word. And I'm going to answer your call today. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer it in salvation. I'm going to answer it because I, I want you, God, to be able to trust me. And I know men today who are out so hungry for a bigger church, for a bigger ministry. And they're going at it the wrong way. In my opinion, I look at them and I want to tell them, I said, you don't go out and do those things to try to build your own ministry. You let God build it. If he can't trust you in the little things at home first, how can he trust you in the big things? So it is with a child of God today. Somebody may be venturing off and doing things. You say, well, I need this amount of money. Well, do you really? We've got to have this to be happy. Do you really? Can God trust you in the little things before he puts you into the big things? You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30.